What is it that makes a serial killer a serial killer? Is it psychological? Is it physiological? Or is it something darker? On this show, we dive into the mind of madness and talk about the Son of Sam. I am the Son of Sam. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. We have often discussed the reality of two great converging streams of darkness, the human heart and the satanic powers that be. We see these in different areas and at different times, but always with the same cataclysmic, catastrophic consequences. There is something difficult when it comes to wrapping one's mind around the issue of serial killers. Countless hours of psychology, studies, sociology has been performed, movies made, documentaries designed, all trying to answer the question, what makes men, and in some occasions women, kill in serial killing fashion? What is the insatiable, bloody hunger that drives the serial killer? It seems we understand the passion of manslaughter and the calculations of premeditative murder, but there is something peculiar about this matter of serial killing. Is it sexual? Is it rage? Is it both? Is it somehow connected to the spirit world in a way that is beyond our understanding? Serial killing is a secular expression of a violence that Really, we only begin to clearly track in the late 19th century with killers like H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper and into the 20th century. Now, certain FBI and other database trackers seem to indicate that the perennial serial killer, that lone serial killer, seems to be waning. But then again, we have to ask ourselves if the mass shootings and other violent phenomenon that we see taking place are inspired by the same psychosis only manifested in a different way. Is it the same psychology, the same warping of the mind, the same battered, bruised, wicked soul expressing itself? Is it the same spirit? What happens when human evil is deeply connected with the spirit evil? Maybe a better question would be, what happens when the phrase, the devil made me do it, is actually the truth? The story of David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, is one of the stories where the convergence of these two great streams are so clearly seen. Yet, it is possible that in the end there is a happy ending. If not happy, then maybe at least some good. But... There is nonetheless the convergence of a human heart so evil and so wicked and a second stream there in the shadows, in the darkness, other than human. And you ultimately will have to decide what you believe the truth is. Drawn from the most basic information available, 
to anybody with a computer, David Berkowitz was known as Son of Sam. He murdered six people in New York City from 1976 to 1977, claiming he received orders from a demon-possessed dog. He is one of the most notorious serial killers in American history. If not for the proliferation of his killings, certainly for the fear and the ability to bring an entire city to its knees and ultimately for what he claimed was the motivation driving them. David Berkowitz is an American serial killer who murdered, as earlier stated, six people, plunging the city of New York into a panic and unleashing one of the largest manhunts that New York has ever known. He became known as the Son of Sam. Berkowitz was eventually arrested on August 10, 1977, 11 days after his last murder, and was sentenced to six consecutive 25 years to life terms. Born Richard David Falco to an impoverished Jewish mother. In 1953 in Brooklyn, New York, Berkowitz was adopted by a Jewish-American hardware store retailer, Nathan and Pearl Berkowitz, when, she was just, when he was just seven days old. He was reportedly a smart child, but was troubled in his own way. Having been close to his mother, he had a very difficult time as a teenager coping with Pearl's death. At the age of 18, Berkowitz enlisted in the U.S. Army and served in South Korea, where he excelled as a proficient marksman. Fascinating, isn't it, that also the same sort of Manchurian candidate background and also similar marksmanship can be found in other men, like Lee Harvey Oswald, but we do not want to digress too much. Berkowitz, after finishing military service in 1974, returned to New York where he got a job as a letter sorter for the U.S. Postal Service and settled into an apartment in Yonkers. Neighbors and co-workers described him as a loner. No trouble, just kept to himself. But then began the Son of Sam murders. On July 29, 1976, Berkowitz began his killing rampage, starting with two teenage girls, Jody and Donna. The two were sitting in one of their car in front of the home when Berkowitz shot at them, killing Donna and injuring Jody. No calls at the time can be discerned for the shooting and certainly for the violence. However, a few months later, Berkowitz was at it again, spotting a couple in yet another parked car. He fired at them, resulting in a massive injury to the man's skull. That November, Berkowitz also shot at two teen girls walking home together and left one a paraplegic. Police around this time had yet to put these shooting incidents together to realize they were related. There was a, there was a difficulty in connecting the dots. But all that changed in January 1977, when Berkowitz attacked another couple in a parked car. Approaching Christine and her fiancé, Berkowitz shot twice, striking Christine's head, which later proved to be fatal. Because Berkowitz used the same 44 caliber gun in all of his shootings, the police were on his trail, initially internally referring to him as the 44 caliber killer, which later evolved to the son of Sam. That March, Berkowitz murdered 
college student Virginia, as she was walking home from class. The next month, Berkowitz claimed another couple, Valentina and Alexander, in their car, but this time he left a letter addressed to the NYPD captain, Joseph Borelli, calling himself Son of Sam for the first time. Now, throughout his murderous streak, Berkowitz left numerous letters near his victims' bodies, taunting the police, eluding their capture. As a result, the media coverage of his crimes was widespread, and Berkowitz seemed to relish the spotlight. All the while, New Yorkers lived in fear of being his next shooting victim. Articles go on to describe Berkowitz's final hit when it happened was in the hours of July 31st, 1977, in Brooklyn. He shot Stacy and Bobby. Stacy later died. Bobby was blinded in one eye and lost most of the vision in the other from his injuries. Fortunately for the police, a witness noticed something at the scene that helped in finally breaking the case. At the scene of the shooting, a witness saw a man getting away in a car that had a parking ticket on it. Only a handful of tickets were given out that day, and one of them was for Berkowitz. On August 10, 1977, authorities arrested him. According to the New York Times, Berkowitz said, quote, Well, you've got me, when they took him into custody. During questioning, Berkowitz explained that he had been commanded to kill by his neighbor, Sam Carr. Remember the name. His neighbor, Sam Carr, who sent messages to Berkowitz through his dog a demon-possessed Labrador retriever named Harvey. It is fascinating on a, um, a parenthetical point here that there is a very famous movie with Jimmy Stewart about an invisible friend by the name Harvey. Due to his outrageous claims, Berkowitz underwent numerous psychological evaluations but was declared competent to stand trial. In 1978, Berkowitz pled guilty to the six killings, as well as nearly 1,500 fires he set in and around New York City. It is very, very fascinating that a lot of people, when they think of Son of Sam, do not realize that he was likewise found guilty of 1,500 plus fires. Berkowitz received 25 years, 25 years to life for each murder. His sentencing hearing was dramatic. He actually tried to jump out of a window of the seventh floor courtroom upon hearing the judge's decision. Since his arrest, Berkowitz has actually retracted his possessed-by-a-dog son-of-Sam story, claiming it was all a hoax, a silly hoax, as seen and written in his 1979 letter to his psychiatrist. He also made statements that he had been part of a violent cult that helped him carry out the murders, and that fellow members John and Michael Carr, Sam Carr's sons, assisted him. Berkowitz has been substantial and seen substantial, been given, offered substantial sums of money to share his story. However, nearly all states, including New York, have since passed laws, sometimes known as Son of Sam laws, 
that prevent convicted criminals from financially profiting from books, movies, or other enterprises related to their crimes. And although there are numerous media renditions of the Son of Sam case, Berkowitz does not financially profit from any works by him or anyone else. Did Berkowitz really hear voices from a dog from somewhere from someone? In 1996, Yonkers police reopened Berkowitz's case to investigate some of his claims. A very strange and unusual turn of events. But since there has been no significant findings, the investigation has been suspended, but remains unclosed. Although he has been put up for parole on numerous occasions, most recently in 2016, he has been consistently denied release. Berkowitz is currently serving his time in a correctional facility in New York. Now what's very fascinating is that while in prison, Berkowitz has become, or claims to have become, an evangelical Christian. Instead of Son of Sam, he now prefers Son of Hope, as seen in his book, Son of Hope, the Prison Journals of David Berkowitz, and featured on his website, run by supporters because he is not allowed to access the internet. In his book and on the site, he provides an apology to his victims and their families. In prison, Berkowitz continues to write journal essays on faith and repentance, as well as contribute to school-based projects for students in psychology criminology and sociology who want to learn more about the criminal mind and the criminal justice system. What's most fascinating is that when you scratch below the surface, it is what David Berkowitz believes really motivated him that may be most frightening at all. Quite literally, while he accepts his own wrongdoing, his own guilt, his culpability in the crime, and all that shaped him psychologically in that way, there is without a doubt, even to this day, a belief in Berkowitz's mind that in some way, shape, or form, the devil and the dark forces that be were at work. Don't believe me? Listen to his own words. If you had it to do all over again, what would you change? Uh, those terrible things that happened would have never happened. That was just a, a, a break from reality and thought I was doing something to uh, appease the devil. I'm, I'm sorry for it, but I, I really don't want to talk about it Appease the devil? No, I was, uh, at this time, I ended up serving him. I feel that he had taken over my mind and body, and I, I just surrendered to those very dark forces. I regret that with all my heart, but, you know, that was like 40 years ago. Whatever was the root psychological cause, whatever was the root circumstantial causes, there is a belief by the very tongue of the murderer himself that the convergence of the stream of his own soul and the stream of a soul out there caused the monster to come into being. What's very fascinating is to read 
the son of Sam letters that he left. Here is a final page from one of the letters that he left the police as the son Sam. Quote, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. When Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Some Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest, mostly young, raped and slaughtered, their blood drained, just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everyone else, programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill. Or else. Keep out of my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Ugh. He writes, it hurts, sonny boy. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in Our Lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the monster, Beelzebub, the chubby behemoth. I love to hunt, prowling the streets, looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt. Blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill any more. No, sir, no more. But I must honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to the people of Queens. I love you, and I want to wish all of you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I will be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. It was very interesting to me in reading that letter, the little phrase, I'm on a different wavelength than everyone else. Programmed to kill. He was in the army, North Korea, marksman. Hmm. Hmm. It's also very interesting when he speaks of he beats me, he ties me up, locks me in the garage, commands go out and kill. Huh. Manchurian to you? Hmm. Hmm. On May 30th, 1977, columnist Jimmy Breslin received an actual handwritten letter from someone who claimed to be the 44 caliber shooter. The letter was postmarked early that same day in Inglewood, New Jersey. And on the reverse of the envelope, neatly printed in four precisely centered lines were the words blood and family, darkness and death, absolute 
depravity. The letter was from the son of Sam. Another letter, quote, Hello from the gutters of New York City, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of New York City, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of New York City and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that has settled into the cracks. I'm just dropping you a line, Sam writes, to let you know that I appreciate your interest in those recent and horrendous 44 caliber killings. I also want to tell you that I read your column daily, and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim, what will you have for July 29th? You can forget about me if you like, because I don't care for publicity. However, you must not forget Miss Donna, and you cannot let the people forget her either. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. Mr. Breslin, sir, don't think that because you haven't heard from me for a while that I went to sleep. No, rather I'm still here, always here, like a spirit roaming the night. Thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now the void has been filled. Perhaps we shall meet face to face some day, or perhaps I will be blown away by cops with smoking thirty-eights. Whatever. If I shall be fortunate enough to meet you, I will tell you all about Sam if you like, and will introduce you to him. His name is Sam the Terrible. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say you will see my handiwork at the next job? Thank you. In their blood and from the gutter, Sam's creation. Hmm. Please inform all the detectives working the slaying to remain ever vigilant. Please inform all the detectives working the case that I wish the best of luck. Keep them digging. Drive on. Think positive. Get off your butts, knock on coffins, etc., etc. Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working the case a pair of new shoes. Son of Sam. The convergence of the heart of evil and the evil that is out there. What caused... David Berkowitz to do what he did? What caused Jeffrey Dahmer to do what he did? What causes these serial killers to prowl and to roam the streets like a spirit? Is it simply nurture versus nature? Is it a psychology? Is it a psychosis? Is it a circumstance in which they are brought up? Is it a breaking of their mind? I think that there is a powerful connection between the trauma that people face and the sin inherent in their own soul and the powers of darkness that are like vultures continually prowling 
searching, looking for the rotten and the vulnerable. For most, they fly on past. But occasionally, for a man like David Berkowitz, those vultures of the spiritual air, those carnivorous birds that flutter and fly and fill the trees of Matthew 13. And David found their man, a man with rotten soul and rotten conscience and rotten events in his life that may have shaped him the way that he did. And his stream of darkness and their stream of the powers of darkness converged to form the son of Sam. The question becomes, what monsters are yet being formed out there beyond the pane of the glass of your home, beyond the door, beyond the shadows? What monsters are being formed by converging streams? I am